So like, I'm like six years old. My dad is like, you want to go ice fishing? I'm like, what's that? Fishing for ice. No. And so. Wait, should we explain what that is? Uh, maybe maybe okay if you're if you're not in minnesota if you're listening to this somewhere else in the world or somewhere else in the united states um minnesotans because it's cold here for so long and snowy and whatever so long we do outdoor activities all winter long because otherwise you die inside right like it's yeah. crazy so one of the things we do is we go out and we cut holes in the middle of a lake <laughs> and then we sit around that hole and drink beer and talk to our friends some people pull fish out of the lake that are still like swimming under the non-frozen part you know like yeah. the and that's that's ice fishing yeah yeah and it, it gets even crazier sometimes like like when it's really cold you can put a, a ice house on the yeah the water that you can sleep in i'll never forget driving by forest lake when i was like first <laughs> moved to minnesota and i was dating liz and and i drove by it and there were uh 300 trucks out on the lake yeah. parked on the lake yeah and then like men were just vigorously cutting holes into the ice <laughs> and i'm like they're gonna die and liz is like no they're not it well, was straight up the beginning well, of the muddy ducks that's like, what it was it was the mighty duck moment for me in northern minnesota there's like highways on the on the lakes for, for sure yeah they like, keep them clear with plows it's wild all right so i'm six years old my dad's like you want to go to ice fish and i'm like okay yeah that sounds fun i love my, i love you dad i'll do that and so he takes me out of this lake and we cut some holes in we cut some fish yeah and then we get cold we go back in the car and we like play the, i don't know it was like it was like a travel version of guess who or some crap like that <laughs> okay or checkers or something right and, and like so the whole day all it consists of is like us like playing games in the in the van like little mini games and then going back out to check if we caught any fish and then like pulling them out and we we pull some out and we put them in this like bucket thing and we're, we're only out there for a few hours, but when we're all done, we go back home and we like leave the fish outside and my dad's going to like fillet them. We're going to eat them. Or so he tells me because like we've kept everything like oh. normally you don't keep, everything. <laughs> but I think I wanted to keep everything. Yeah, you know? like a and I four think, inch perch. And yeah. Like, I'm keeping it. Yeah. And I think <laughs> yeah. my dad was like, yeah, my little boy, like he wants to yeah. keep the fish. So we'll keep the fish. Um, so we, we brought him home. And after a few days, I was like, Dad, all the fish are frozen in the ice. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know. And even though I was like just six years old, I knew it. Like, he just kept the fish for me. Aww. Like, he, he had no intention, of, which is like kind of morbid. But like, he had no intention of putting those fish in a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to cut up. It was just, yeah, it was just he just like wanted to spend some quality time with his boy, you know. I love it. Yeah. yeah yeah so the things dads will do for their sons <laughs> around a fish with the fishing poles and lakes and such so what's one of your favorite things to do at the lake um i like i like the the bonfire on the beach at night the sun is oh, setting gosh, you gotta do yeah. it early enough so that like you kind of beat the bugs yeah and you get the, the thing going because you're gonna have s'mores before the little ones go to for bed. sure and so you got sun setting behind it. The loons are looning, doing their thing. Yeah. The lake is starting to like really. If it was, if it had any shimmer during the day, it's like the wind has died down. It's completely and the the fire's crackling. You're putting wood on. Oh, you're cooking. Gosh. You're cooking s'mores up, and you know you got a little whiskey in the glass. And after the kids go to bed, maybe you light up a cigar and you just have like a quiet moment. Yeah. Maybe say some night prayer. Like just really, just have that that moment of like the deep breath that that moment that like 
men have had for thousands of years where mm. the fire is starting to go die down the sun has set the lake is calm and yeah. you're you start to like really just uh have this moment of peace of a real real like nature driven peace that's what that's what like one of my favorite moments of the lake dude yeah that's that sounds incredible i don't really want to go to the lake now. <laughs> um but i have a question have you tried this new chaos of like uh, putting a Reese's peanut butter cup inside of a s'more. Dude, I founded that. Yeah, I love that. But the bigger chaos is no graham cracker, Ritz's uh, round crackers. Wait, what? Yeah, they're like buttery. So you get the, like, the butter. So like a Ritz cracker and then a then a like Reese's and then a marshmallow? Or just or just uh, chocolate. But yeah, what? Reese instead of, yeah, that's the thing. The thing my family does when we go camping. We always bring this big 12-inch cast iron skillet and this thing of, like, canola oil. Yeah. And we make campfire donuts. You make donuts camping? Yeah. So we put the, the thing on America. the griddle. America. Seriously. It's like, you get done, you're like, <laughs> can't breathe. You know, like, it's so terrible. But you fill this thing up full of oil, and it just gets hot really fast. And then you just get, like, Grand's biscuits. Like, just the store-bought, like, you know, like, yeah, hit them yeah. with a the spoon, thing explodes. Yeah. Ah! Every time. Um Get the biscuits out, and then the biscuits out, and then you take some random bottle cap, like some, yeah. you know, two liter or whatever bottle cap, and you cut holes cut out of the hole. middle, and you flop those things in the hot oil, and after a little bit, after you know, get brown on the bottom, you flip them over, and you take them out, and you put them in brown and uh, sugar and cinnamon, yeah, and pull them out, and let them let them just rest for just a minute. They're still warm and off the fire, and like. They're so delicious. And we've never like my wife's so beautiful in this way that she's like she's like make sure you bring enough biscuits. Like you don't you don't have to like cuz when you have when you have donuts after church you're like mm, I can probably have one before like somebody else from church is like mm, that's a little bit of gluttony there Christopher, you know, like if you're going for two or three. Yeah, yeah. But on your camp, and you're like, I just hiked 75 miles yesterday. I better eat 90 donuts, you know? Like. Welcome to Story Dream, a podcast where we share stories to help share the story. Have you ever felt paralyzed when someone asks you a question? When someone asks us a question, it's often better to answer with a story than a soundbite. I'm Corey LaCroix, and I'm here with Chris Castells. Let's tell some stories. Are you, are you feeling good? I'm feeling good. I got loops. Yeah, you don't have my body. Oh my gosh. I promise another bath. Why don't you do that? Ready? Yeah. Welcome back to Story Dram. This is Corey LaCroix, and I'm here with Chris Casteltz. Uh, we are here to share stories to help us see the story of God active in our everyday lives. Chris, you just did some camping recently, huh? Yeah, we we my mother in law so lovely. She uh, she rents a cabin or two at this uh, very uh, low key resort up in uh, up near Park Rapids. So we just got back from a weekend, and um, yeah, I had to go to the ER. What? Yeah, I now, I like I don't know if I can express to you how excited I am yeah. to hear the story. Because after I got out of the ER, I texted you right away, and then we called you, <laughs> and you were like, "Wait, wait, wait! Don't tell me anything." Wait for the pod. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So a lot of times we... Like, I didn't even notice. Like, you sent me a picture, and I was like, oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll get there. You know, a lot of times on this podcast, when we told an embarrassing story, it's like, when I was five, when I was 12, when I was whatever, when I was four days ago, is what this, when this happened. 
So uh, up at the cabin usually is my mother-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, my family, myself, my wife, my three kids, and my brother-in-law, Dan, and his, his wife, Sherry, and uh, Olivia, and maybe sometimes other daughter, Morgan, who's a little older, come up. You know, just, just multiple families, great time. Yeah. Dan is the consummate outdoorsman. Yeah. He's the pro's pro. He's got all the gear, all the stuff. He knows like the 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 fishing everything like he's yeah. he's the guy he's got a he, good name for it dan 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 the fishing man dan he, the man exactly he cleans the fish he takes me out so when it comes time to fishing all i gotta do is get my license and get my 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 rod and reel there and uh every morning 6 a.m i make the coffee meet him at the boat get in the boat get out there yeah. pull some fish in sometime during the week we have a uh you know fish fry but Dan this time had a vacation. Uh, it took it took his family to uh, to Alaska, so they couldn't. Whoa! So they, I know it was great, super cool sounding, great. I can't wait to it's talk like to them about it. Super camping, right? Um, but he couldn't be at the cabin because they were in Alaska. Because you can't be two places at once unless you're Padre Pio. So um, we. <laughs> so then it was up to like me to like be in charge of of the fishing for Leo. So nice. Uh, I was like, I better, I better get more of a tackle box. Because right now, all my fishing stuff is just like in a Nordstrom bag, which is, it's a lot of ways that's embarrassing. But um, you get your fishing gear at Nordstroms? Nope. I uh, just that's the bag I put it in, and uh, <laughs> it might have been Nordstrom's rack, just for the record, because I'm cheap. But um, we, so I go to, so I'm like Leo, like so Leo and I, we're gonna go up to Cabela's because he wants to see the fish and he wants to see the stuffed animals, stuffed like. The animals that are stuffed and that stuffed animals. And uh, <laughs> so we go up there. We go to the fishing section. I'm looking around. Uh, different different tackle box to go to this guy. I'm like, hey, man, um, I just need, I just, I fish twice a year. I just, yeah. I just need a tackle box. He's like, yeah. okay, here you go. Here's, here's your budget option. I'm like, great, perfect. <laughs> throw in the cart. Throw some new leads, new whatever, all kinds of, you know, fishing stuff to fill out. Because you got to have some stuff in there. If you don't have any stuff in there, like, what's the point, right? Fishing stuff. And Liz goes, hey, if you go to Cabela's, buy buy leo a cool looking lure <laughs> right if you're not a fisherman lure is like looks like a little fishy but it's not and it's got some sort of hook apparatus hanging off it and this one we're walking around and leo doesn't know i'm getting this for him right he's, he thinks that he's got to talk me into it so he's walking around he sees these lures he goes oh there's some cool looking lures over there dad and i'm like okay, <laughs> and then he goes to this one he goes "Ooh, look at this gold one dad if i was if i was gonna get one I get this one. Next, I'm like, well, maybe next time, buddy, you know, so because we're still walking around buying yeah. other stuff, whatever. And, and we get back. I'm like, hey, you want to go buy that lure? He's like, yes. So we go over <laughs> and we buy this awesome looking lure. And I don't know what kind of fish it's for. I don't know. It's got th- two sets of triple hooks, triple hooks. Uh, uh, and it, they, they're sharp. You know, yeah. and it looks it looks dangerous, right? So he, he wants me to take it out. When we get home, he wants me to take it out of his packaging and put it in the tackle box so we make sure we get to the lake. Absolutely. So, so I do all that action. Get to the lake. Second night we're there. He's like, hey, let's uh, let's go fish off the dock. I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Get the worms. We don't do any minnows this trip because Dan's not there to do the worm minnows. And we get down to the the, the dock. And we're fishing. And we're, we're catching like little pan fish, you know, sunnies and yeah. bluegills and such. Getting uh, hungry. Perch here and there. Um, yeah. But nothing, nothing to keep at this point. Liz, okay. Liz comes down. She catches one that we could have kept, but you don't keep just one because we're gonna yeah. do that. She just know? caught one musky. Yeah. Not yeah. a big deal. It's like four foot long. But um, <laughs> so we're catching fish, and De- and Leo looks up and he goes, "Dad, will you will you put my lure on my thing?" Now this lure <laughs> might weigh more than his rod and reel. It's oh, by time. The way, in one of our previous episodes, you asked if if rod and reels float. 
Dan actually corrected me out because I was like, they all float. I don't know what you're talking about. Dan corrected me like, oh, absolutely, they do. They totally sink. They, they can totally yeah, sink unless totally you sink. have like someone yeah. to make it float, like the handle, <laughs> a floating handle or whatever. Thank but you, Dan. They can totally, they can totally sink. So I'm like worried that he's gonna go, but I'm like whatever. So I open up his tackle box and I'm gonna go take and and attach it to to a leader and like put it on the thing and get it all ready, whatever. And I go to I have it with my left for some yeah. reason I reach with my left fingers and I pull start pulling it out of the tackle box and one of the triple hooks triple hooks catches on the tackle box but I'm already kind of pulling it away no. and one of the hooks no. goes into my thumb oh no. and not a little bit like I look down and it is all the way to the hilt. Ah. I mean, all the way to where the other hooks Stop. of the three hooks, hooks come together. So it is, it is a good inch into my finger. No. Now it's curved, so it's like it's not an inch straight in. It's not touching my bone, but it like it's curved into my thing. So I've seen Dan just rip them out of his hands before. So I try to do that. Nothing. It is not coming out of my. You hand. can't pull it out because there's like the little tooth on it. Right. Yeah. Now before I try to take it out, like as soon as I do this, I kind of I take a pause. I yell something, a guttural sound that is not a curse word, and then I follow it up with the loudest F word you have ever heard in your life. Um, and and it was like we're like just next to the beach, and there's like these other families on the beach. I'm sure they're like, oh, what happened over there? You know, like whatever. And uh, Leo doesn't even hear me because he knows something bad has happened, just the way things are. And Liz is right there. She's like, oh, my gosh, what happened? What happened? And I'm like, and I just show her, and I show her my hand. And there's just this giant gold lure just hanging off of my thumb. <laughs> she didn't even give you a Christopher Gregory. No, she's like, how? Can, what? What? What do you want me to do? Oh. And I'm like, I don't freaking know. I got this giant hook oh. in my hand. So I'm like, I'm like holding on to this thing, and no. I'm trying to like force it out. Now my uh, my wife's aunt was there, and she's a uh, an OR nurse. Yeah. So she's like long time veteran nurse like whatever so we go to show her and she's like well what you have to do is you have to kind of push it in yeah so that the barb on the hook doesn't keeps going well you have to it goes it gets out of where it's catching on something and then pull it out yeah of course you can push it all the way through clip off the barb yeah and pull it out but like i wasn't feeling that and um <laughs> I'm going to shove this lure into my finger and then somebody else i think my wife at one point was just like i think you just need to rip it out and i'm like no, I don't think this is a rip it out situation. Yeah, this like, is like an inch into my this finger. This is super deep, and the barb is in there, and it hurts like heck. And so I'm holding, <laughs> I'm holding the other part of the lure so that the other hooks don't like go into my hand. Yeah, and I'm also trying to keep the pressure off this thing just dangling from my thumb. Totally. So we, in much consultation discussion, <laughs> we decide I'm going to go to the ER. Yeah. Let's get this sucker out. We'll get this sucker out. So I get in the car. Can't figure out how to put my seatbelt on with my, <laughs> with my hands held in front of me. So I like. Wait, left hand or right hand? It's in my left thumb. It's in your left thumb. You're right handed. Right. And okay. so, but I just kind of hold it. Like, it's literally just dangling from my thumb. I put my seatbelt on, grab the hook again. We get, we get going on the road. Of course, like, we're 15 minutes outside of Park Rapids, which is the nearest ER. St. Joseph's, thank you, uh, all the good, fine people at St. Joe's. Uh, ER in uh, in hospital in Park Rapids, and uh, we pull up. There's not a lot of people there uh, in the parking lot. I guess walk in. I feel super dumb, you yeah, know, because totally. like she's got another dumbass. Yeah, another guy from the cities who doesn't know how to do nothing with the vision, you know, like whatever. They, none of them have a southern accent. I don't know why. I'm like 
they're from Mississippi all of a sudden. But anyway, so I get I get in there and we kind of go up to the receptionist and just start talking to her. Yeah. And she's like, just one minute. Because she already has a client with them, or whatever. And totally. So someone sits down. There's only a couple people in the part in the waiting room, but she's she's like, all right, come on over or whatever. And she takes all my information and my insurance and all this, blah, blah, blah. And uh, kind of show her. And she goes, oh, you know what? That is hard to get out with the special tool that we have. Like once they use a special tool, they'll come right out. And I was like, oh, they have yeah. a special tool. Okay, I feel better about this. I like, like special tool. That tools. this is hard to get out unless you have a special tool. Because that's why I came here. To why, get this out. Because we don't have exactly. one of these in our. In I don't our, have the special tool in the tackle box. Tool. Exactly. So we go, or I thought, and so we, we go uh, and sit down, and they get the bracelet, the whole nine yards, go sit down, and then the triage nurse comes out, and bless her heart, she's young, got to be in her 20s, and she looks flustered. This woman stops her, and it's like, when am I going to be able to go in, basically? And she's like, I don't know, it's going to be hours. I'm like, uh. She comes up to me like, all right, come, come around here, come around here. And she like, took me around this like side hallway, and she's like, let me see. She's like, okay, well... I don't tell you, it's going to be a long time. We're, we're like totally booked. It's going to be a long time. We're like, oh, okay. And uh, and so we go back to scene area. And like scene area is like, there's now more people in there. It's just feeling a little cramped. And so we go to the reception. We're like, can we go just go sit outside? Yeah. So this is the ER. So the, the ER, like, there's people that are like wheezing, you know, like yeah. this guy came in, this older guy who had fallen in his kitchen and was literally just bleeding. He was still just bleeding tons. But apparently it wasn't like serious. Like they, they weren't worried about Letting it. Letting him bleed. <laughs> or it stopped. It slowed. I don't oh, know. Oh, no. But it was like just a little. It was a lot. It was a lot. And so we go up to the we're back of the reception. Like, can, we, can we go sit outside? Do you mind if we sit outside? You know, she's like, yeah, but just don't go too far. We'll come get you. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we go outside and we're ready for the long haul. So I'm looking up. So now I'm like, Liz, will you look up hardware stores? I'm just going to see if I can go get it like a clippers and just like clip this <laughs> thing out. i do this myself. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to wait hours to do this. Yeah. But every time I go to fiddle with it, like I'm fiddling with it the whole time trying to get it out. Yeah. So if I pull it out, I'm like, see ya. You know, like whatever. Totally. But it can't hurts like crazy. And it stopped hurting when it was just doing nothing oh. but as soon as i like moved it it would hurt again you know yeah, like yeah. i got used to the pain of it being in there or whatever there's totally. some yeah. medical thing for that that makes sense so finally not even half an hour goes by maybe 25 minutes and we start we're like we should probably go in it's getting dark there's bugs blah, blah blah and just as we're going in this nurse comes out to get us nice and we're like sweet take that two hours uh and so they bring us in sit us in a room nurse taking my pulse and like blood pressure and just doing all the things nurses do weight which they merc- mercifully did in kilograms or something and uh so i'm like i don't know what that number means but it's less than my normal number you know like so get in the room whatever and uh pretty soon as she starts doing stuff the nurse practitioner walks in sue sue is the best yeah sue is a woman of much substance she was strong she looked like like yeah. She could take on the world. Like, Absolutely. I, I'm like, as soon as she walked in and started talking, I'm like, I trust this. She's going to crush this. Whatever. Lure. She's going to get that special tool and take this thing Dude, out. She made the special tool. And that's exactly what happened. So <laughs> we, uh, we're sitting there and she goes, all right, let me see. And she looks at it and she goes, yep, that's a pretty good one. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, I feel dumb. I feel like I should just get it out. She's like, no, it's, not, it's really hard to do to yours. It's really hard to get it out of yourself. It really is. Yeah. Unless you've done it before. It's just, it's difficult. And I'm like, okay. She's like, okay, I'm going to go to the special tool right back. She comes back in. She's got this little, like, uh, table that was tall enough to kind of go in my lap almost. Yeah. And it was stainless steel. And on it was uh, this little, like, medical-looking flat little box thing. Yeah. Plastic. She, she's like, she gets gloves on. 
uh, she has me turn my hand over. So now the my hand is palm up. Yeah. And the the thing is that she takes this special spongy tape and tapes up all the other hooks. Yeah. So she doesn't get one in her, you know, or it doesn't stick his other place in my hand because that'd be something. And uh, <laughs> and then she takes she un she takes the the top off this little medical thing and in it is a needle and thread like for doing stitches. Yeah. And uh, and I'm like, okay, she's gonna use the needle to dig this out. That's what's gonna happen. She's like, okay, don't worry about the needle. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not worried. Man, I trust and you. I trust Sue. You're Sue. You're the best. And uh, she she takes the scissors, she clips off the needle, and she throws the needle away in the sharps thing on the wall. Okay. So now it's just this like piece of string. Huh. She takes the string, and she wraps it twice around the needle, around the the needle, around the the hook in my hand. Yeah. She goes, "Are you ready?" And I and I'm about to say, "Ready for what?" And then she just rips it out of my hand. <laughs> Like, ah, no like I'm, I, I wish I could describe to you what this looked like. It looked like someone trying to start a lawnmower or an outboard <laughs> motor. She just flung. She, like, held on tight to the string and then just ripped and <laughs> flung her hand behind her. No way. Oh, my goodness. What? And I'm just like. Like it was the smallest breath I've ever taken in my life in this moment. And then she like hands me two <laughs> tissues and I just hold the h- tissues in my hand. And like, and Liz has this picture of me like at this moment, like what? what? She just ripped it out because the barb makes it really hard to take out. But the barb's very little. She, and she's like, see, I didn't tell you what I was going to do exactly because you might brace yourself or you might whatever. Yeah. Here's the deal. Could I have given you something to numb, numb your thumb? Yeah. Guess what? That hurts worse than just yanking it out. <laughs> and the special tool of you doing this string, like it just works because I can get a better pull on it and whatever. And like, if you just tried to yank the thing out, you might not be able to, you wouldn't be able to move fast enough for it to like, not, not hurt, which yeah. would stop you, you know? And plus you could do it to somebody else all day long. It It's hard to do yeah. to yourself. Right. And I'm still just in, in awe and shock. And she's like, yep, that's it. We're done. You're done. So, uh, like, dismissal nurse gal comes in. She's like, well, we just got to make sure you have a tetanus shot. So they looked me up and couldn't find me in the system. And my wife's brilliant. So she's like, we'll try removing some letters from his first name because the name could be too long, you know, for the yeah. number of things, whatever. Finally, they find it. Tetanus in 2020. Thank you, nice. Dr. Richmond, for uh, for getting get me a tetanus shot. That, that time I went to the doctor men go to the doctor and um and so uh they're like all right you're free to go they like took all this information yeah. and i was free to go i brought my way out they're like wait wait you got to put a sticker on the board and i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> and my wife had seen this and she had told me about it but i didn't understand exactly we get to it and it's this big framed picture of a far side comic and then two like outline of two hands and on this is like 70 stickers and basically what it is 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 every summer they put a new framed picture up with these two hands and then these bodies and that's where all the places all summer long they take they take hooks out of people's bodies no way and so they hand me a sticker and i put it right there on the left thumb along with like 10 or so other stickers whoa but there were stickers by people's eye and like in their back and like in their thigh and like in their feet and like in their like everywhere like it was crazy but there was like something so like this is the end of the summer so there's a lot of a lot of people's you know yeah. got got things and uh hooks stuck and lures stuck in their face 
or whatever. <laughs> and uh, and I was just one of many who came to the ER for it. And that made me feel a little wow. better because I felt a little less dumb. Right. I'm not the only person. And the only person who walked in and they, all they did was rip it out. I'm like, I could have ripped that out, but I couldn't. Yeah. No, I just couldn't. Now, somebody else could have ripped it out. And I think this is like, this is a good thing for me to reflect on in like in a lot of things in life, right? Like, I don't know about you, Corey, but like, as a man, I sometimes think like, I should just be able to do X for myself. Yeah. I should yeah. be able. For sure. To scratch my own back. I should, be I able should to, know how to do this. I should know how to do this. Yeah. Like, but you know what? Like. That's the first time I got a big giant lure. Like I got a little hook stuck in my hands other times when I've gone fishing, but this is the first time it went deep and yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Now the next time it happens, I know. Right. Tape up the other hooks, little string, yoink, wash your hands, you know, like, right. um, but I just, I just didn't know. And, mm. and that's okay. And there's some things that even if, even after you know how to do them, mm-hmm. you really can't do them for yourself. hundred yeah, percent. And I think there's some things in life that, um, we need to find out how to depend on others to, to help right. us. Yeah. Like, could I have taken it out for myself? I don't know. Maybe. But in that moment, I really couldn't because it hurt too bad. I needed, right. I needed Sue to do it. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think there's other things like that in our lives too. When it comes to, you know, sometimes we need help with relationships. Mm. There's no shame in like going and seeking help out from, from a third party, whether it's therapy or, or some sort of counseling, you know, there's no shame in, um, when you don't know how to do something, going to somebody who does. I totally. Think, I think we're all comfortable maybe going and looking on YouTube and watching a video on how to like, you know, change a tire or, yeah. you know, loosen a pipe or do something. Um, but I think there's some things that can only be really taught in person. Dude, that reminds me of this book I read called Better Off. It's about uh, this guy who went to MIT. And MIT is this like this school of innovation, of technology, yeah. right, of new ideas. And he started to kind of question this, like, you know, continual advancement in technology. And he's like, yeah, what would it be like to live with a group of people that wasn't so dependent on technology? And so he went for a year with his wife to live with a group of Amish people. And while he's living with this group of Amish people, um, they have a baby, you know, without (laughs) any kind of modern medical equipment. He learns to drive a team of horses to, like, turnover plow you know a field with a plow and whatnot um and one of the things that he says is that um he realized like how dependent um he needed to be on other people in the community to survive yeah you know like just to turn in a field or build a building or have a baby or whatever it was and how he was forced to be connected to the people around him Mm. and so he, he doesn't live with the Amish people anymore. He kind of, li- I think he lives in like St. Louis or something like that or Chicago or whatever in like a, an inner city. But one of the principles of life that he has tried to adopt is this um, a willingness to one, ask for help, but two, to be dependent on other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I'm hearing from you today is like, you know, we're so often like we try to be, resi- you know, personally independent. I can figure it out, right? I'll yeah. do it myself. Like I don't need help, whatever. But actually, like, um, the good of like communion and human relationship is found in our willingness to say, like, "Hey, can you help me with this?" Or like, "Hey, can you help me figure this out?" Or like, "Hey, I'm wondering about this," or "I'm curious about this," or like, "How do I do this?" And I need help, you know. Yeah, I think 
for a lot of people, um, I think the asking for help sometimes feels like an assault on our identity. Yeah. You know, like our, our, our own personal okayness. If I ask for help, that means there's something inadequate in me, Yeah, but that's not true at all. Like any great thing that's been done by humans has been done through a community or from a community. I even think, I even think, um, within church history, there's this, this, these are these people called hermits yeah. and they go and live on their own. And of course there are hermits at times that, that lived completely on their own, but modern day hermits, they have to be connected to, right. To a community to survive. Right. You have to be dependent when you're completely dependent on every day, someone bringing you food, otherwise you're not going to make it like yeah. that changes your, your relationship with those people. And, and also understanding your own identity because really it's false. It's a, it's a false reality it's not true that mm-hmm. we can be completely independent mm-hmm. it is it's, totally. it, it's just not reality no um every breath we take is a gift um yeah. every time we wake up in the morning it's a gift right um every every morsel of food we we eat someone else is touched in some way yeah um minus if you're like crazy hunter and you like <laughs> cut the heart of a deer and eat it or something you know like i right. don't know like yeah you know like there's a lot of people that have, have made that makes our daily life possible and right. it's okay to be dependent and it's okay to be uh, interdependent, you know, yeah, to, to, good. to, to be part of a real community. I love that. I mean, I think you just like the, who God is as father, son, and Holy spirit is like an intercommunion of connected persons, uh, right? Dependent yeah. on one another. Like this is like a healthy family, like working together um this is a healthy work environment like this is like i need other people and i shouldn't be ashamed of that you know no. i think like yeah and for i guess one of the takeaways for me from your story is just a, a willingness and a to to be a little quicker to ask for help when i need it you know and a, maybe a little quicker to be like hey like i'm trying to figure this out can you yeah can you lend a hand and when you're hurt like to to be okay with not being able to fix it yourself yeah yeah, even yeah. even when it feels like you want you don't want to admit to that, yeah. that what feels like an inadequacy. Totally. I also the other piece is that Dan can never miss Cabin Week again because I need to. Come on, Dan. If we're gonna fish, man, I need you there, Brock. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not sufficient. It turns out. <laughs> <laughs> we need Dan to I'm fish. Gonna, I'll tell the story of trying trying to drive the outboard motor for the first time ever. Another time. Oh, it's turns cool. out white caps not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Chris, thank you so much for sharing your story tonight. Uh, yeah, and thank you for taking some time to listen to this podcast. Uh, story Dream here. We share stories to help share the story of the gospel so that you can see the movement of God active in your everyday life. Uh, if you could, take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't yet, to pass it on to a friend, maybe a fisherman who's had a, a lure jammed into his finger. Um, or maybe a nurse right, who's pulled a few out. Uh, either way, we hope that uh, you are blessed this day, uh, that uh, you enjoy this fall. Uh, go share some stories.